Prime, bringing Seattle to the world and the world to Seattle. I'm your host, Lori Ness, a soldier on the front line of the mainstream. You can listen to this and other shows at northwestprime.com and be sure to stay with Seattle Wave Radio 24-7, 365 for more great music and interviews. We're starting a movement of kindness and we want you to join us. Let's get this show started. Well, welcome back to another show on Northwest Prime, and we certainly appreciate everybody stopping by and listening. We have a really great show for you today. I'm really excited about it. I've had the best-selling author, S.L. Scott, on my show before, and she's just a wealth of information, and she brought me really great numbers, which is always a bonus um, when uh, you get, like, really off-the-chart numbers. And it's because she has such a, a well of knowledge to really pull from for people who are thinking about becoming writers, who are writers, who want to take their writing to the next level. She's a best-selling author, as I mentioned. She's written some amazing contributions to the Huffington Post, um, and her, she had a four-part series that, that she did that we talked about before, The Road to Publication. There was, it was a four-part series. It was really good, and I really think it's a must-read for anyone who's even considering um, the publishing route or even you know, those just even considering sitting down for a minute and, and trying to write. And then Susie, S.L. Scott, is, her real name is Susie. She has brought on, because she's co-hosting with me today, her literary agent, which is Flavia Viocci, Viocci, I think. And she is also, this is also a very rare opportunity to talk to somebody in the publishing field, and we're going to talk to her about what are they looking for, what does it take to get published, what's going on in the publishing world right now, and so it's really rare to have a literary agent come on and be able to discuss and kind of open the, the doors um, and let us peek in. So I'm really very excited about this show. So thanks, Susie, for coming on. Thank you for having me again. I'm excited to be here. Now, it's a, you're just one of those people, Daisy, Ruth, you know, is, is another one that I really just have hit it off with. I've, I found these girls on Twitter, and they've just kind of accepted me as one of their own because, I mean, music and and romance is just, it's kind of a universal connection for women. And so I really appreciate you girls just really kind of taking me under your wing and kind of leading me down this journey with you. And it's just really been an honor to, to, to go on this ride with you, even for a little bit of the way. You know, we love fun people, and um, you're always <laughs> a good time on Twitter and when we get to talk to you um, on Facebook and other places. And hopefully we'll get to hang out sometime in person, too, and really do some down and dirty chatting. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's my goal for 2014 is to actually meet up with you guys somewhere and uh, and and have a real life. And we'll have a drink and 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 have a, yeah. a real life conversation. Yeah, definitely. That that'd be awesome. Well, let's talk about let, let's kind of take everybody back on on your journey and kind of for those who didn't listen to the last show, I don't know how. I mean, there was. It seemed like everybody in the world listened to that show. But, but, but for those of you who missed it, can you just kind of take us back? You were a journalism major, and you were kind of doing your thing, but then you decided to put pen to paper and, and become a writer. How did that happen? Yeah, I, I've always liked writing, which is how I ended up in journalism in college. Um, I was writing 
way before that, and but just very typical type stuff that kids write their little books and you know construction paper, etc. But there was something probably in around 2000, you know, eight, 2009, where my kids were finally both at an age where I could dedicate a little more time to myself, and I was really craving to do something creative again because I put my life on hold to uh, raise my little ones, and I just was like writing seemed like a good way for me to be able to express myself while being present for my kids still. So it's something I could do around them without having to leave the house or have some big equipment somewhere or do something in another room. And so I just started writing. I had this story and just started writing, writing, writing. And it hasn't stopped (laughs) since then. And and I will tell you, that story is not published to this day. I would love to do it one day, but it would take a lot of work to rework it. I've grown a lot, I hope, as a writer over the years. But, um, yeah. Well, well, you've really tapped into a genre that is is very popular and has kind of hit a nerve with women in probably in general, which is kind of that romantic fiction. And so let's bring Flavia in now because she's your literary agent, and which is just amazing if, if you're even thinking about writing a book to even get an agent. And so we'll bring Flavia in and kind of talk about that process and, and your experience. you want to introduce Flavia for us? Yeah, um, Flavia's Brazilian. <laughs> she's down in Brazil now. She's uh, Flavia Viochi. And she's just a true book lover. She loves stories. She loves storytellers. She's very passionate about it. And it was just a really great match because she believed in me, (laughs) which is important. And she's just so enthusiastic. She loves talking about books. She loves talking about stories. And she's really interested in the publishing world. So it just worked really well for us. And we we click that way. But, yeah, we should introduce her. Flavia? Hello. Hi. Hi there. Hi. <laughs> Thank you for having me. It's a pleasure to be here with you today. Well, Flavia, the, 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 um, the name of your site that people can go to and find out more information, I want to get out that out there right now, is called bookcaseagency.com. And you have uh, a very uh, – great website as far as kind of helping people through the process and you're actually looking for submissions and you have submission guidelines on how people can um, uh, contact you and have their work uh, reviewed by you. What is that process like? First of all, Laurie, I'm sorry. I apologize in advance. Like, English is not my first language. I'm talking to you from Brazil today. And uh, the call is not 100%, but I'll try my best here. Uh, yeah, um, Bookcase is uh, today, uh, when we decided to open the agency, we were looking for this new uh, how can I say that? The new authors that are today self-published in the U.S. So you have lots of, uh, you can be an author and you can be successful being self-published in the United States. But that doesn't happen in the, the, the rest of the world. 
like uh, I can tell you, Brazil and France and Italy. So what happens, the idea of our agency is to bring those books from self-published authors uh, from U.S. and U.K. to other languages and other countries. So that, that's how it all started. Uh, and with Susie, actually, she was my very first client. Hmm. Well, are, are women interested in the same things culturally throughout the world? You have a few differences, but it's pretty much the same. Women love romance. They just want to fall in love, and they want the happy ending. Pretty much the same. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the kind of books I like. I like happy endings. In fact, when people are recommending books yeah. to me, I'm like, does it have a happy ending? Because if it doesn't have a happy ending, I don't don't even tell me about it because I, I, I don't want and that's just me, you know. But it sounds like it's not just me. It's actually a lot of women feel like that. Yes, our agency is focused on uh, sex and romance. So that's what we on, on, on fiction I, romance. Okay. Go ahead, I actually think yeah. I, I love uh, a happily ever after at HEA, and um, but I'm also I'm okay with an ending that fits the characters and the stories. I don't want something to be forced just for it. But I will tell you, I would be disappointed without the HEA in there because a lot of times, as you know, like with fiction romance books um, and contemporary romance, all this whole genre, is you've struggled through it, right, with the characters. There's angst and there's heartbreak and there's other things yeah. along the road that you just want to feel good when you um, end a book. So I'm with you on that, and me and Flavia have talked about this before, is I think that is the universal, you know, tie with everybody, is everybody wants to feel good after reading a book, um, or at, mm-hmm. at least feel satisfied after reading a book, after emotionally well, And I can yourself. tell you, like, 70% of the books worldwide are bought by women, so... <laughs> Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I think, you know, the reader's taking a chance on the book when, when they mm-hmm. look at it. And so you're trying to make, you know, it's like Vegas sort of. So you, you want to place the best possible bet for a good return at, at the end of it. Now, if I want to read angst or sad stories, then usually, I mean, there's, a, there's really enough of that just in um, – autobiographies or biographical books. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, memoirs so, and all that. <laughs> exactly. Right, there's plenty of that everywhere. So you almost kind of have to go searching for just something that's a little bit uplifting that's, you know, not in the self-help section. Um, so if you just want to read something for the pleasure of reading, uh-huh. that's what kind of has yeah. drawn me to the romantic fiction is just, it's it's just a pleasurable afternoon um someone had said once you know reading romance is like is like being romanced yourself and that's kind of the takeaway that that i got and and that's why personally i I think that i I like it so much well in first person i think popular too sorry go ahead flavia sorry i i think women's lives nowadays are so crazy and busy and we have to do everything. We work, we sit 
take care of our children, we take care of our houses, we are lovers, we are everything. So sometimes we just need escape. And those romances are a wonderful way to escape. <laughs> and I love that. Go ahead, Susie. What were you going to say? I, I, I was going to say the same thing. Is I think that's why we kind of say it's a little escape. Because a lot of people have heavy in their lives or you know, jobs that they have to do that aren't always your favorite thing to do and you're busy with everything else. But sometimes it's kind of nice um, to escape into a book. And that's why first person, books written in first person, I think have become so popular. Is you actually feel like you are the character. So you get to, um, you know, go through the emotional ups and downs of the book and, you want that happily ever after because it feels like you just lived that <laughs> that whole mm-hmm. story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, Flavia, when somebody submits to you, because you guys are taking open submissions at bookcaseagency.com, yeah. what are you looking for? Uh, you know, we are always looking for something unique, um, a good, a genuine story with a we can see the passion and uh, when the author writes, the passion for the characters, and pretty much a unique story, something that makes you want, like you don't want to stop reading that, you want to know what's going to happen. And uh, you might think it's easy, but it's not. <laughs> so mm-hmm. we, need, we need to recognize those, those good stories that might be a success. And... Um, <laughs> And it's it's editing, the writing, it's like everything together. Mm, mm. So when when people are submitting to you, you're asking for usually, I, I looked on your website, it looked like the first three chapters or, or a thousand words. And is, is that kind yes. of you know, your litmus test to see if, if after those three chapters you're still interested in the rest of the story? Yes. The first three chapters, we know um, that we we want to keep going or not. So after that, if we want to keep going, we just write, email the author, and ask for the manuscript, the complete manuscript. And then I have a partner to read with me, and uh, both of us, we have to feel that um, that that will be a, a like this unique book that mm-hmm. I have to. Mm-hmm. Do you ever disagree? Then, okay. Yeah. 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 And wow. uh, seventeen thousand books have, a month. Wow. No, 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 a year. Uh, we have uh, okay. one million seven seven hundred thousand books a year published on Amazon. I, I think actually today on Amazon you have wow. that number. That's and crazy. Uh, it's like, <laughs> yeah, it's crazy. And um, those are only ebooks on Amazon, not books. And wow. uh, Amazon.com actually. So, I mean, 
our manuscripts are from self-published authors who are already published on Amazon, and we can see the, the receptivity of those books from reviews and on Goodreads. We go there, we search, we, we, we look, uh, we see what people are talking about that book, if they're excited about it, so we can bring it to other countries. That's, what, that's mm-hmm. mainly what we do. Because the album mm-hmm. is already published in the U.S. And, yeah, I mm-hmm. think most of them, not most, but a few of them want to keep that way, self-published, because they have the control. You can, con- you can, you can control the marketing and the sales. And, yes, instead of going to traditional publishing. Lori, where Flavia has really helped with my direction in publishing is she helps me with the things I can't do. And the things that if I spent time to try to do, I wouldn't be writing. And so giving some of that control away has really been beneficial to me. Um, But it had to be to somebody I truly trusted and who believed in my work because if they're going to be successful, they have to believe in what they're, you know, selling out there. And so it's been really nice that way. But I don't know how to contact people outside of the U.S. And honestly, even within the U.S., it's very difficult to contact publishers. So it's been nice. That's where she really benefits is I can sit here and keep writing. I can control the things I want to control, but she gets to do what she does best and what I don't do well. So it's a nice partnership that way. Mm-hmm. Yes. And, and we've been, I, I think we've been really lucky. Uh, Susie, uh, last year, we, you know her books are going to be published in Brazil. And the first book, I think, in two months. And she got this huge publisher here, which is the same publisher, Hunger Games and Harry Potter in Brazil. So I'm pretty sure it's going to be huge here. <laughs> wow. Wow, well, congratulations. Yeah, that's, that's a, thanks. No, yeah. Very, super exciting. That's exciting. exciting. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Yeah, and now we are working on other markets like um, yeah, Europe and Asia. So that's our focus now for her work. Since wow. Brazil, yeah, Flavia, Flavia gets to travel around the world. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> nice. I'm, jeal- I'm jealous of her career. She's going to London and Germany and... Other fabulous yeah. places. I'm, yeah, in order to keep that, um, the agency running and knowing the publishers and all around the world, we, we got to attend the major book fairs. Mm-hmm. We to wow. Frankfurt in Germany, October, and uh, London is the, the second largest book fair, but also the major, one of the major book fairs for romance. So that's going to be mm-hmm. A month from today. <laughs> wow. Wow. How fun. Yes. That's, it's, it's amazing how, how this has just exploded really in the past couple of years and, and just brought so much opportunity. But it sounds like that, that word's out there now and there's, you know, with all these books being published and self-published that um, everyone's kind of using this opportunity now. I personally think the indie publishing world is changing the traditional publishing world. I think um, traditional publishing has boosted, like, how fast they produce, how fast they put out books, because indies can put out books as much as you want and as fast as you want. And so Mm -hmm. now you're seeing traditionally published books, 
you're not waiting a year. It used to be years when we were growing up. An author would put out a book a year, a book every two years, and that was standard. And now you, you know, many years later, you have, you know, traditional publishers are putting out a book every couple months, and which is not every couple months, but you know, once within six months, and that's really fast generally for the traditional world to work because there's so many components in that world. As in our world, we just yeah. know in the indie world, it's just we got it down. Like the, the system's very fast. We can make quick decisions. We don't have to go to five different departments. And there's nothing wrong with traditional publishing. It's fabulous too. It's just different. And I think the indie world is kind of making them change things in in their own world too. Mm-hmm. Oh, definitely. I, I 100% agree. Flavia, when when someone submits to you guys, how do you want that to look? I mean, as far as just the basics, do you want that, that manuscript double-spaced? Is there a font you want to see it in? Um, or, or can they just submit it however? Yes. Um, sorry, I didn't hear you well. I think, okay. Uh, about submissions, um, when I receive one a submission, it's like it can come anyway to me, an email, and uh, I, I have two authors who send me the the, the first uh, thousand words and the first few chapters, and it really doesn't matter the way it comes. Um, we have um, I have my partner, and I have super readers here, so they keep working for me like. The four of us, we need to approve that. We need to feel that this is a very good story, and we wanna. We have to be passionate about it. We have to fall in love with the story. Does, do, do you require it to be double spaced or in any particular font? I can hear you. I'm sorry. Okay, all right. I'll, I'll ask Susie that probably later. I but, think there's um, a delay. I don't think she requires that. Here's my opinion, mm-hmm. and I'm not a literary agent. <laughs> but to me, if I was submitting to an agent, I would mm-hmm. make sure it's correct. Like, you're going to put the proper indent. Most of them are going to want double-spaced. Um, this, this is like the old query system that I'm used to. Um, it should look professional. There should not be any um, errors or any misspellings. But with that said, uh, Flavia deals with a lot of authors who are published in the U.S. already. So when you're submitting your book, I would submit it exactly how it looks, right? Like chapter one should look like chapter one. And so mm-hmm. I don't think you should go and rearrange it. I think it should look like how a book is supposed to look. And that takes research, and I had to learn it, and everybody has to learn it. But, well, I guess some people don't. But <laughs> I think it's wise to make it look proper. And, you know, that means that first paragraph is not indented. And then it is indented after that, and there's the proper spacing. And fonts are flexible, but I would generally probably stick with the normal fonts, which would be probably Courier, Georgia, Germond, Times New Roman, Arial. You know what I mean? I wouldn't go crazy when I'm sending it to an agent because they don't want to see, they don't want that distraction. They just want to be able to read your words. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That would be that I can hear you a little bit, Susie. That's it. <laughs> Good. Good. Yeah. Hey, we're we're going to take a the call, but yes. Oh, that's okay. No, you've been a wealth of information. We're going to take a quick break. Um, Susie, 
has a bunch of songs that are on playlists on all of her uh, books. And I'm going to come back. We're going to talk about that a little bit. But the first one that I picked out, Susie, off the list you gave me was Arctic Monkeys. Uh-huh. Um, do I want to know? So I wanted, I wanted you to kind of set that up for us, why you chose that song, and then we're going to listen to it, and then we're, we're going to come back. Um, it was very inspirational for, I think that's off of my new book, maybe. <laughs> I'm thinking it is. I sent you so many. But, um, uh, well, we can just talk about the new book when you come back, to, when we come back, mm-hmm. too. But it, mm-hmm. I, I heard it, and it just felt like it really fit the story, and I had to buy it, and I had to listen to it a ton of times because I found it really inspirational and just kind of felt like my new book. So when it makes me feel the characters, I just love, love, love a song that makes me feel that way and puts me into the mood of that story that I'm writing. Okay, well, we're going to listen to that. We're going to talk about how, how music really plays into a lot of these books that, that we're reading now and how important that component is. And you can find out more about Flavia and the Bookcase Agency at bookcaseagency.com. We want to really thank her for coming on. I know it's a different time in Brazil, and she's carved out. She's busy, as you just heard, flying all over the world um, to come on and kind of give us some direction. And if you think that you've fit into this where you could submit she is you know they're an independent literary agency and they're seeking new talent right now so you can go and check out their guidelines and see if that works for you you have one minute of call time remaining Constantly I'm the cook I've tried 
Um, not at this point. We'll look into doing some of that in April, but you know, just trying to get to that cover reveal, which will be the summary. You know, being this is part of that indie publishing world is, you know, we set up these tours and we have this is our version of our marketing, right? So we go through stages. Yes. So we start with the cover reveal and the summary will go out and then from there you start setting up we visit blogs as it used to be you'd go to bookstores. We visit blogs and blogs review and talk about it and it's a really fun process but it does take a little time because they'll need to read it and then when your book comes out these blogs will start posting about it which is kind of an amazing process <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. because most, most of it's done from people their own passion of wanting to read books and share their information but yeah so it's so I can't give you too many details but yeah I'm excited it's the resistance and I've worked so hard on it I've had an amazing editor um, Heather Maven who's been on your show she is mm-hmm. An incredible job she's done um, on the book also so I've just really had the best people working on it Daisy worked on it um, just a really great team so yeah How, but, um, we went to what to talk about I'm sorry go ahead well I, I was just gonna follow up on what you were saying about the bloggers how important is kind of that grassroots movement in what's really I mean as it's really boomed this blogging industry just like the indie publishing and how important is it to reach those bloggers and and, and have them talking about your book um it's everything it <laughs> it's everything yeah um, it's very important yeah there are people who put out books and just randomly like wildfire they take off but i've not found that <laughs> i think bloggers and readers and word of mouth is everything and it's it's not just about big blogs it's about little blogs too so these these bloggers are readers and they're passionate about what they did and they didn't get into blogging for money they got into it because of their love of reading and so when they find books that they care about they want to share it out there and when you're competing, what she was saying about how many books are published on Amazon a year, I know currently there's over 8 million books on Amazon. So when you think about that, how is my book, how is somebody going to find my book? In the first few days, they'll be listed as new releases. But other than that, they can really just sink into oblivion. So having people who find your book, read it, is very important because they're going to start spreading it online. Um, whether it's through their blog or Facebook, Twitter, or all of those. So I, I think they're important. I believe in blog tours. I have a lot of blogging friends, and they still do it truly because they love it. Yes, and I can tell you the main publishers nowadays, uh, worldwide, they follow the bloggers. They, they, want, they want to know what they're talking about, which is the – the new book, what's going on, so they can really import into the market. Interesting. Hmm. Well, it's it's really that this whole world of self-publishing and indie publishing and new publishing, it's it's really creating and forming itself right before our very eyes. We're we're all a part of it, and that's the it's yes. 
it's kind of like how iTunes went is that's exactly how or how, you know, MP3 songs eventually and then iTunes kind of took over. Now you have other ones with Amazon and stuff. But when years ago when I was just attending writers' meetings and I was starting to write but hadn't published anything, um, we have a great league here in Austin. So I would go to that and they would have panels and they would talk about how you can – you know, CDs and all this are going to be going away. And this is how books are going to be. And we're all like, what? No way. You know what I mean? Wait, no way. That doesn't work the same. Books don't work the same. Um, Yeah, they do. E-books have happened. And e-books sell nine to one to a paperback or a hardback. So it's going exactly the same way as the music industry did. So they kind of let it. And we're following suit because it's just cheaper, easier, faster to be able to put out an ebook than it is to put a book on a shelf. Mm-hmm. Yes, that's right. <laughs> mm-hmm. but, well, but, you know, ebooks. This happens a lot. This is happening right now in the U.S., U.K., and maybe Australia. But the rest of the world will take a few more years to get there. So. Mm-hmm. Amazon just opened it's, up in Brazil last summer, and they still sell out sell paperbacks to ebooks because people don't have the e-readers like they do here. They're starting to get them and me and Flavia have talked about this because I found it fascinating how their market works. And so it's so when my books are released there, you know, this summer, they'll they'll be on the shelves everywhere there, which is amazing. Yeah. But that's how people are reading books there still. And I love a good paperback, so it's kind of sad to see, you know, paperbacks going away. But I understand price-wise why it's necessary for a lot. But it also opens the door for all these independent authors to self-publish as e-books. Yes, you're right. That's exactly what's happening well, I, I had Garth Stein on the show um, a little while ago, and him and I had a, a discussion. He, he was still really kind of in the physical hard copy book realm, and and I can understand that too. But he, he was gravitating more now towards the the ebook, just because you know he said he had piles of kind of books stacked up, you know, on his desk, mm-hmm. and he just didn't mm-hmm. have the room. So the e-reader, it was really convenient and easy. But there's, you know, like you said, there's there's kind of that that nostalgia, that romance of actually mm-hmm. having the, the the book in your hand. So it, it's you know, there's this transition going on where we're kind of out with the old but still kind of clinging onto it and then and then and then the new and another thing which I talked to him about about um with the great thing with e readers is a lot of times I'm listening, I'm watching a show, I'm listening to a show and someone will say they'll talk about a book like like The Resistance by L. L. Scott. And Instead of having to write that down or remember, because I never write anything down, and then trying to go to the store two weeks later or whatever and remember mm-hmm. that book, I can just go right to my e-reader immediately. I could go, oh, bang, and within 30 seconds, I have it, and I don't have to worry about it, I don't have to, <laughs> and I'm reading, right? Or even if I'm not, I've put it in my library, and uh-huh. it's done. I don't have to remember about it two weeks later when I'm at the store or try to remember what that was. Or And, and then if I can't, then, of course, I, I just forget about it and move on. So that's another great thing about the e-reader is the digital delivery immediately. If, if you want it, you can just get it and then release it from your, you know, must-do uh, yeah. must list down the line. 
Well, and I actually buy paperbacks still, but I generally buy them as my favorite book. So I've read it. <laughs> I loved it. Now I want to own the paperback and get it signed. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just tend to have my paperbacks of my favorite books now. And um, because I do love my e-reader, but even as a writer, I love that paperback and having even my books in paperback, you know, means a lot. So I do buy them still, but I tend to buy them after I've already read them on my (laughs) e-reader. I think you always have the paperback. Even if it's like nostalgic, as you said, but we always have it. Uh, of course, not as much as you used to, but it won't be like over. Yeah. Well, well, there's something about having the book, if you do run into the author, that you could have them sign it. And if you have an e-reader, that's <laughs> not quite quite the same. You know, at signings, we actually do sign a lot of e-reader cases, which is really <laughs> clever, in my opinion, because they get all their favorite authors signing their e-reader. And there's a cool program called, if you have a Kindle, it's called Authorgraph.com, and you go there and you re- you can request an electronic signature. And so what happens is someone sends me a request, I can sign my message to them with my signature, and it sends it to their Kindle so they can get signatures still, <laughs> which is really oh. cool. And trust me, I send plenty of requests too, and I get excited <laughs> over it. And so it is kind of a fun way that everything's adapting to this new, you know, the new publishing world. Right. Well, you, you talked about uh, music a little earlier too, and mm-hmm. and that's something I've really noticed in, in books recently is these playlists and the music that's, that's kind of coming through the, the the words and you know if if you go back even five years ago I don't think that you saw that in in books but now the melting of the two the change in the music and the change in the the book industry and they're kind of melting into one and you're seeing so many authors putting the passion of their music and 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 threading that through their their stories I think it's a great way to express um, an author gets to express themselves and. In my books, they set tones. I always find inspiration from music. Um, they, I will listen to it on my iPod while walking, and I can have whole scenes play out in my head to where, where that music kind of sets a tone for it. Um, in the new book that's coming out, music played, a, you know, it set the character's mood. You could tell what mood they were in by what song they were listening to. So it's kind of just playing with music because I love it and I will listen to a song 20 times in a row until I get a scene right. You know, it has the right feel for me or whatever I'm looking for. But I think it's a great way for an author to express themselves um, in, in their books now is by what they're listening to. And readers want to know that. Like, yes, where, that's what would you imagine? Go the same so, way for readers. <laughs> yeah, and so... It's fun to put your playlists up on your website, and they can kind of listen along. And sometimes you can pick exact songs and go, "Oh my God, that is that chapter," you know. And you know, it's kind of fun. It's fun to play that game. I've done that with stories too. After uh, checking on an author's playlist. 
Yeah, for a reader also, you can download the playlist while you're reading and listening. At the same time, it's, it's really nice. Mm-hmm. Lots of readers love doing that. Well, it just, I, I, yeah, it, it makes it a more um, personal experience, especially if you pull music into it. A lot of the books that I'm seeing are, 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 are kind of um, based regionally. A lot of people write about places that they really love. Um, ha- have you seen any, any type of uh, invoking regional music into the, the, the storylines at all? Um, you know, <laughs> there are songs that I feel in my last series, the Welcome to Paradise series, a lot of it wasn't, but a, a few songs, just to me, every time I heard them, felt like Hawaii or felt like when they were going home. So it really fit that. Um, not to keep re- referencing the new book because we can't even say that much about it, but that one has a Johnny Gowdy song and a Gowdy song, which is the same person but two different bands. And he is from Austin, and I know him, and... I just, I think his music's great, and he's an Austin guy. And the new book, they're originally from Texas, and the main character is from outside of Austin. So I thought it was kind of fun to pick somebody. Mm -hmm. But even Arctic Monkeys, I saw at the Austin City Limits Music Festival this past fall. So, you know, I saw Mm -hmm. them here, and it was was great that way. Mm -hmm. So probably more on this one than other ones, but... uh, no, just kind of more lyrics and the vibe of the song is how I kind of go by it. Because you really, when you're writing, you really do have a, you know, a lot of power and a lot of influence with with your reader, and you're opening up new new places. Um, I, I know when authors write about places, well, you know, for instance, um, Daisy Prescott when she wrote about Whidbey Island. <laughs> I've been to Whidbey Island, but I really hadn't been to Whidbey Island the way that she showed it, okay? Yeah. And the same when, when you take your book to Hawaii, or, I mean, you all of a sudden start wanting to go to these places, and even though they're kind of fictional in the book, they really, those places do exist even though the characters don't. And we saw that with E.L. James in, in, in Seattle, you know, um, the, mm-hmm. the, uh, the places in Seattle existed. Um, the characters didn't, Whidbey Island, the same thing, the same thing in, um, in, uh, in Hawaii. But it's fun to kind of go to those places or hear yeah. that music. Yeah, Daisy told me that they want to go to Whidbey Island. And I want to, like, I want a chart of the book, of the places, like, in order so I can take the tour. And go, oh, my gosh, yes, that's where that happened. And I mm-hmm. want to see um, the place where John Day and Diana pull over on the side of the road in the rain and ready to mm-hmm. fall. And, mm-hmm. just, yeah, she has a real, she set up really great scenery that way. And um, my Hawaiian series, I've been to Hawaii four times, and I've kind of gone to the same places every time because I love it. And I can visually see when I'm describing those places I know exactly what they look like, and I know the roads that took me there and how the, how far the beach was from that point or whatever. And I've had Hawaii people who live in Hawaii tell me that is exactly right, like what you described is that. And to have somebody like that tell you, you're like, yes, you feel like you did it justice, and it wasn't just made up or researched online and 
even though a lot of things are researched online. I don't think I've written about any place that I haven't been to yet. I may not have gotten to spend, you know, a huge amount of time there, but I think I've only written about places I've been. Um, but I'm not opposed to, you know, Google is a great resource. <laughs> <laughs> I just I love when there's you know even if you need to bring in some local help or people who've been you know live there, I think setting a scene is fantastic and it makes you want to do that tour like I said with um, Gooey Ducks and Ready to Fall. It makes you want to go see those places. Well, place really becomes its own character in the story. Claudia, mm-hmm. do, do you see? international readers, Flavia, wanting to experience the United States this All way where place <laughs> is kind of a character? All the time. Like, like you told, Seattle is like probably one of the cities that people all over the world want to know right now because of the audience, I'm pretty sure. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Uh, this happens all the time. Uh, when you read the Welcome to Paradise series, People want to go to Hawaii and feel that and go to the same bar the characters used to go and the same places. It's, it's amazing. Um, like, it's not only West, but sometimes the authors, and American authors, right, and their characters go on to Paris on a honeymoon, for example. So you want to go there to the same places. You have the, the, that romantic view of the place that the author shows you. So, yes, I think the readers want to do that. Mhm. Yeah, I could see there's a whole, probably another industry just for book tours of. Well, you know how there are TV uh, show tours, like there's yeah, the Seinfeld exactly. tour, <laughs> the, you know, in New York, and there's all these tours around LA. That's what, that. There's your business, Lori. We got the business <laughs> book tour. Yeah. <laughs> you can find like, you can have it. Um, like you have. Uh, Harry Potter tour in London. You can mm-hmm. find uh, you can find Twilight tour in Washington. <laughs> you can find mm-hmm. yes, uh, the Da Vinci Code in Paris is a specific tour for the book. It's pretty amazing, I think. You know that the, oh, yeah. the reader wants to leave that. You want to leave what you read. So it's it's amazing. Well, it's a long way out to Forks, Washington. <laughs> It sure is. I haven't been out there yet, but it is a long way. Yeah. And it's rainy and cold, apparently. It is today, that's for sure. All right, we're we're, we're going to take a a quick break. We're going to listen to Rufus Wainwright, Sometimes You Need. That was another um, song on on the playlist. And you want to talk about that a little bit? Mm It, it, Naturally Charlie, it was my book in New York City, and sometimes you need just the the words just struck me. I love Rufus Wainwright anyway, but the song in particular just really felt like these two characters who are both named Charlie, a girl Charlie and a boy Charlie. And, uh, yeah, I hope everybody enjoys it. All right, we're going to listen to this with uh, Sometimes You Need, and we'll be right back. Sometimes you need 
to me A stranger to talk to Sometimes you need To go to the observatory Sometimes the moon stars Gets you through the love and the light Sometimes you need a stranger to walk with Sometimes you need to go to the dark part Sometimes the movie starts Gets you through the dark Audible.com. You can go to audible.com slash Northwest Prime and sign up for a free download and choose from thousands and thousands of best-selling and new release books. You can also exchange a book anytime, no questions asked. We all lead busy lives, but we can download this free audible.com app to our Android, our iPhone, iPad, Windows, Kindle, Fire, you name it. It's easy to take with you on the go, whether you're working out, in the car, cooking at home, on the way to visit a friend, however you want, you can stay up to date with the greatest books in the world through this wonderful library. I recently chose Crusher by Niall Leonard. This mystery crime drama was filled with action. It was like I was watching a movie. The narrator spoke in an English accent, and I just felt like I was right there in London town. If you choose to stay with Audible, it's only $14.95 a month, and you can cancel at any time. 
At least check it out. It's free. See if it's for you. Tell them Northwest Prime sent you. That's audible.com slash Northwest Prime and get to reading when it works for you. All right, we're back with S.L. Scott, best-selling author and literary agent, Flavia Viochi. And we were just talking off air about querying and how a lot of people don't even understand what, what that's like. And, and that's what you're doing when you're sending your thousand words or your three chapters off to bookagency.com for submission. That's called querying. And so you're sending it out to them, and then you're, maybe they're going to get back to you. Maybe they're not going to get back to you. A lot of times they'll say, if you don't hear from us in six weeks, you know, don't call us, we'll call you type of thing. Have you queried, Susie? I have queried. Um, I started out querying way before I ever published, and I, I think querying's great. I, I didn't get accepted, <laughs> but I still think it's good to go through that process and um, to get feedback. And I fortunately lucked out. I got a lot of great feedback and a lot of positive responses, even though I was being rejected. Um, I just think if maybe I had queried a little more, maybe I'd hit the right person who felt like, you know, that book was for them. But going through that process, you know, it made me more determined to clean up my draft even more, to do another round of edits, to do another hard edit of storyline, et cetera. So I think querying is great. I don't think we should all be fed um, that your book is great. You know, family and friends are generally going to say that to you, and an agent doesn't. (laughs) So I think sometimes a good, like, dose of reality of what you need to be working on before you put out a book instead of just going straight into, you know, from querying, being rejected straight into self-publishing it. It gives you that little interim to go, okay, let me look at it again, my manuscript one more time. And then if I decide I'm going to self-publish, you know, then it's it's better. It's always going to be better if you can read it one more time. Mm-hmm. Do, do you guys provide um, feedback when, when someone sends you a submission, Flavia? Yes, we always provide feedback, uh, even if it takes some time, uh, like usually a month. But uh, when you submit a book, I will just answer you back in 48 hours that I just received your query or your submission, and uh, I'll get back to you. And, uh, yeah, sometimes we read uh, chapters, and we know there are, lo- there are lots of work that needs to be done. But it's an interesting story. So we, we give the feedback, like, you know, you need to work on editing. We give a few suggestions. And after that, come back to me. And some of them come back to us, and some of them, they just don't answer. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's not everyone that is accepts uh, criticism in a good way. So, yes, but we get feedback to everyone. Yeah, I um, have a lot of music that gets submit to, submitted to me all the time. People say, well, would you just listen to this? Will you listen? And, and they always <laughs> and give me your feedback. And I always try to be 
super nice and, and give them positive feedback because the people submitting to me are trying to make a living off of this, you know. So like you said, your family is always going to tell you it's the best thing they ever heard, the best thing they ever mm-hmm. read in their whole entire life, you yeah. know, and that's great, and it, it's great to have those people behind us. But if you're trying to make a living, um, you don't want to waste people's time. So I always try to give them a few things that, that they can work on if it needs needs to be, and, and, and the positive things. But sometimes, even when I dance around, you know, you know, you might could tweak this to, you know, a little bit. People get really defensive. They're like, well, the reason I did that was because blah, 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 blah. But uh, I always try to say, well, you know, you're trying to make a living, and I'm going to, you know, tell you maybe these little things. You had all these great positives, but maybe, you know, these few little things you could maybe tweak a little bit. So you, you do have to have an open mind, and you have to be able to take somebody judging your yes. your baby, so to speak. Yes. Well, and they're going to exactly. be a I lot always call them that babies. kind of feedback will be a lot nicer than the real world. <laughs> Just putting mm-hmm. it out there. Um, you're going to get reviews that will break your heart and will make you feel like you are the worst writer in the world. But, you know, so you you, you have to find you have to find that balance. You know, putting yourself out there is not for everyone. And you may not be going in an audition, but it is an audition. A query is an audition. You're not going in person face-to-face, but that's what a query is. You're trying to put your best work forward and show those people you are missing out if you don't take me. Now, with that said, I am indie published now. I was once traditionally published. I'm indie published now, and I don't have to do that process, but I do have to have a team around me who will be honest. I just tell them, please give me a little sugar. <laughs> like, give me some good stuff <laughs> with the best stuff because, you know, we're all sensitive. Um, so you definitely have yeah. to, like, be a little prepared to put your work out there because not everybody in the world is going to be as nice as your closest are. Mm-hmm. Yes, but you know what's well, funny? Usually the, the best authors, they are more open to feedback. It's very mm. interesting. Mm. Like the best well, and, and, and like you're saying, we have, they, they are open to criticism and to suggestions. It's very interesting. Well, social media isn't going to be kind to you. They're going to let it fly. I mean, I will tell you, I read some things, you know, on Goodreads or, I mean, people will tell you, I mean, yeah, yeah just like you say, you think you're the biggest idiot that's ever walking around on the face of the earth. With So so you, if, if you're going to put it out there, you're going to get the good. But, man, I'll tell you, social media-wise, they don't hold back one way or the other. <laughs> no. Yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, doesn't matter if it's not published or traditional. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. No, no, I was just saying I've, yeah, I mean, I think you just, you really do kind of need to have a thick skin and you need to believe in what you're doing. You put out a product that you're proud of and something that I say is even uh, my paperbacks is my covers, for instance. I'm going to be taking pictures with that cover, and I'm going to be putting them out there. I want that cover to be something I'm always proud of. I want the words inside to be something I'm proud of. And that means effort and time and editing and, you know, putting your best product forward, the same as if you were going into an acting audition where you're putting yourself the best foot forward. Mm-hmm. That's good advice. Yes, and I think, good advice. And I think there's, a, there's a difference when you have the feedback from readers because it's like 
Yes, it's not everyone that's gonna love your book. It's it's a fact. <laughs> and uh, but when you have a professional uh, feedback, it's it's better. And like like Susie said, she has a team uh, editing and pre readers, and she needs that feedback. So it's it's a little bit different, you know, when you have a professional feedback. So. Whenever uh, it, it's not only me, but an agent or an editor, uh, they give you a feedback from your work. Uh, I think it's the author should take it, you know, like know how to take it. Information and work better or work for your book be even better. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, Fabia, I want you to um, tell everyone a little more about your agency before we let you go. And, and again, if there's anything specific that you guys are looking for right now, and, and again, your submission process, I, I want you to take everybody through that one more time. Yes. Uh, like I told you before, uh, we, are, uh, we work with self-published authors, and we want to bring this, um, this book other countries. So our focus is to bring in American books to Europe, Asia, and South America. So if you have, if you are a self-published author, you think you have a unique book, um, a story that, you know, you have great feedback from your readers, you can submit to our website and uh, we'll get back to you always. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, and like Susie was saying, it's an audition, so go prepared like you were going yes. to an audition. I think that's really good advice. Exactly. Um, bring your numbers, to, bring your reviews, bring your, like, everything, the cover, bring your work with you, with you to the email, and we'll get back to you. Interesting. So bring your numbers, bring your cover, bring your reviews, bring everything you have to um, support yes. what you're doing. Mm-hmm. Wow. That's, that's really good information. I, I didn't have any, any idea about all of that. And, and you're looking specifically for romantic fiction? Yes, we work with romance fiction. Okay. All right. And you can find out more at bookcaseagency.com. We're going to listen yes. to TV on the radio by one of SL Scott's playlists, and we're going to come back and, and give you all the information for Susie's books that you can read until her new book comes out. And this is TV on the radio. We'll do. We'll be right back. Thank you.
Uh, no, it didn't take, it, but it took me six months to edit it. <laughs> um, I always spend more time in editing than I do writing. I'm a really fast, I'm generally a fast writer. Um, the concepts kind of develop pretty quickly for me. And, you know, I write them pretty fast. But I don't tend to stop and edit when I write. I just like the story idea to flow, and I don't like interrupting that. So mm-hmm. I always spend more time in editing than I do writing the story and it's just my little tick and I don't think it's a bad tick I think we should always spend a lot more time in editing no I I think that's that's probably good because when you're being creative you just need to just do that rough draft and just let it all flow out there you can always go back and then kind of tweak it and clean it up a little bit but a lot of times those moments of genius in in your creative writing (laughs) You know, just you don't want to overthink them. Yeah, um, I have so many ideas that develop, or you're in a scene, and you know your characters are kind. Of, and this is where I start sounding like an insane person, but your characters are like having this huge dialogue going back and forth, and you're just trying to get it out really quick before you miss. And you're like, wait a minute, what did they say? And then you're like, can we rewind that real quick and replay that scene so I can record it? And um, so I don't like to break that. Um, I do have a habit of fixing misspellings if I catch them. But other than that, I don't worry about the overall editing type stuff. I just let the story flow. I'm not an outliner either, though. Some people outline their stories. I don't. I find them very confining. So that's why I feel very hurried when I write. I feel I get anxious because I want to get it all out before it like leaves me. Mm-hmm. Do, do you let your husband read your books? Um, he has read my books. Uh, he read Naturally Charlie, and he read a few of my stories. I think he read A Prior Engagement, too, um, and a few of my stories that were unpublished. But he hasn't read anything since, and not because he – well, he's not my audience, really, but not because he doesn't <laughs> want to, but really he's just really busy. <laughs> Um, mm-hmm. We own a company, and he works from home like I do. And so when, if you work from home, you know, your work is really never done. So, you know, we have our day, and then we have our time off with our family. And then in the evenings, a lot of times he goes right back to work, and I go right back to work. Mm-hmm. So it's just really more of a lack of time. But, yeah, he's very supportive of everything, and he, he likes them, and he thinks, you know, it's funny. It's fun, <laughs> you know, and it's embarrassing. I read him a little dirty scene this morning, and he was like, um, and I was like, I know, just go. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> well, you, you really do have to have a supportive partner because, like you said, you're going to these book tour um, things where there's, and now they're incorporating models, like real guys, like book yeah. cover guys or you know and so they're i i've been following some of these things on twitter and uh-huh. um you know that these girls are having a, a good time at these conventions yeah i actually love the signings i think they're they're really great um they're a lot of fun and they're all so different like where you are means everything um, we have one coming up here in Austin on March 22nd, hosted by Velma's Book Blog, which I'm really excited about. So many great authors, and it's in my home city, which is really nice, but it's just it's going to be a fabulous event. Velma's a great organizer and a great blogger and just a, a fun person. So I know it's going to be a successful event. But then you have um, Book Bash um, by Maurice 
Paranormal blog, and that's in Orlando, and that's a fun one because you're in Orlando, so it kind of gives a different mind state. I love Orlando because I love the parks, and then I have one um, in October that is in Las Vegas, and that that one tends to be the craziest one, <laughs> which I don't think anybody would be surprised at, and that one seems to have the most models come out to it, and these cover models, it's 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 a lot of fun, and I think everybody tends to let their hair down at the destination ones where they really just let loose and go crazy. My new cover, I do have a cover model, so I'm super excited for people to see this cover and to uh, get to see him and meet him, and he's an actor in L.A., and he's just he's a really good-looking guy, and he did a great job for my cover, so I'm thrilled for when all that information comes out. Have you have you met him or just talked to I, him or were you not. meeting him? You know, I don't know. <laughs> I guess if I go to L.A., maybe he'll come out to the Vegas signing in the fall. Who knows? I don't know. He's a really nice guy, though, and um, a really smart guy. He has a lot of great, like, words of wisdom to put out there and just a really positive person, so... And good looking. <laughs> What's not to be with that? He has great abs and a great face. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Well, both boyfriends are a huge component to this. Yeah, and uh, there's your hint right there. There will be abs on my cover showing. So, uh, yeah. <laughs> we, we like abs. Abs are great. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> <laughs> well, there, there are a lot right of... Down the face. <laughs> There are a lot of really great looking guys out there, that's for sure. And, and, and again, you know, one thing just kind of leads to another. We were talking about in music, you know, you're pulling music into these books. You know, all these, yeah. you know it's just not Fabio is, is, the, is the sole face of romantic fiction anymore. It's really opened this door to all of these, you know, good-looking models uh, to, to have more exposure and, and us mm-hmm. to get to know more more people. And, and, and like you said, a lot of them are just really nice people when you get talking to them. Yeah, it's, you know, it's different. Like they lead lives and they have careers that they're pursuing and suddenly they're on a book cover and women are going nuts over them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. some of them are models already, you know. A lot of them are fitness models. And so they have some followings already and, it's it's fascinating to see. I will tell you, last year in Vegas, um, the author next to me had a model, and I really didn't think anything of it because you're kind of busy doing your own thing at your own table, and he had this long line of women who wanted their picture with him, and my assistant was saying, oh, my God, he's so cute. <laughs> And I mm. really like looked over there because I was busy. And when I looked over there, he happened to look, and I was then I felt embarrassed. I was caught looking, so I was like, "Well, can I get my picture with you?" And I turned beet red. I don't know why, but it was suddenly like I got it. Like I got why all these women are lined up to take a picture with these men. They're good looking and they're friendly. You know, they're happy. Mm-hmm. They're enjoying what they're doing. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. just a funny thing. This world is exploding in so many directions with the bloggers and the models and the trailer designers, the book trailer designers, um, like Heather Maven and Jada Lee Design and the cover designers, the photographers. It's such an amazing world. And I think even Daisy mentioned um, 
sweets my stuff and she makes the cookies that have quotes from books and pictures you know that are things that you know represent the books on cookies I mean it's just an incredible world to watch explode to where all these people came together not being paid as writers I did not write this book getting paid you know I wrote it because I loved to write and I wanted to tell the story same with all those people so that we can build careers out of that is it's amazing well, I, I'll just follow up on that. You know, those book trailers that have come out, they are they look like they came right out of Hollywood. It looks like Steven Spielberg did these things. I mean, it is amazing what people are doing. Heather and Jada, like you were saying, I've, I've seen theirs, and, and people post different ones on Twitter all the time, and, you know, sometimes I look at them, and, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes I – I, I don't, but but the but everyone I've seen, um, the ones that I've really, you know, followed the link to are, I mean, they just mm-hmm. blow your mind. Mm-hmm. There, it amazes me. I mean, with a prior engagement, which Heather Maven had made for me, which was the first one she'd made for me, um, when I saw it, I literally my tear like I got tears in my eyes and I had goosebumps. She just captured the emotion of that book. So well in the in the song, in the way she timed things, in the footage she picked, it's incredible. It's like you said, these are Hollywood, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. Hollywood easily matching the quality of what you're seeing mm-hmm. out there, and um, and they're doing it for the love of it, most of them. <laughs> so mm-hmm. you know, you put the amount of hours that they put into it just because they feel passionate about a book. It's it's amazing. Well, well on, on the comments, people will say, is this the official movie trailer? You know, yeah. that's how good a quality it is. People are asking. I'm like, mm-hmm. okay, well, is, you know, is, is this the trailer? Can, can we post this? Because then people take those and then put them on their sites, and they want to know, is, is this the official movie trailer? And, you know, the people come on and go, no, it's it's not the official trailer. But, but they're fan people think or, that mm-hmm. it is. That's the quality of it. Mm-hmm. That's the quality of it, yeah. But the the magic with fan-made videos is when they make them is um, they can cast them with whoever they want, <laughs> Hollywood models, whoever they want, and um, because you're not buying them. So legally they can put whoever you want and just really bring your characters to life in that way. And But there's great ones that are made that are official book trailers. I think they're a little mm-hmm. trickier to do where you capture a lot of emotion, but I think there are some that have been done that have been really great. And um, I watch them. Like when they come up on my Twitter and Facebook also, I watch them and I'm drawn to them. And I bought books because of them. Mm-hmm. And that's, mm-hmm. that's the magic of them is they make me want to read the book. Did, did this all kind of happen with, with Twilight? Or, or was this going on before Twilight? This indie world well like the, like trailers and so much fan participation um i i, I wasn't in the, the the twilight fandom world so i i don't know i i joined later in the 50 shades mm-hmm. fandom but but from what i understand a lot of the 50 shades people came out of the twilight fandom so was, yeah. was what i'm kind of seeing now what's kind of evolved did it kind of um, start in twilight or, or did it was it happening even before then? You know what? If I said that, I would probably have some Harry Potter fandom people coming after oh, me. Oh, Harry Potter. But I'm, yeah. I think 
I think the Twilight fandom took everything to the next level. There was just, mm-hmm. and people are passionate about many things. I mean, Star Wars, I'm sure if I dug around mm-hmm. in that fandom, there's some amazing stuff going on over there. I'm just not aware of it. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But I know there are some really talented uh, artists, like Photoshop artists, cover artists, uh, trailer artists who came out of the Twilight fandom that I personally know. And their skills, just amazing. They used them for the stories they love. Now they use them for the books they love. So, yeah, I mean, I could see a lot of that and a lot of the authors, you know, developed uh, and came out of there or, you know, were talented going in there and loved it and published, you know, all kinds of, I think there's a lot of talent in fandoms and all the fandoms. And so, like I said, I bet if you went into Transformer fandom, <laughs> there's some mm-hmm. there's some awesome stuff going on over there. I'm just not really aware of that one. and uh, But I think there's a lot of talent coming out of all the fandoms because at the root of any fandom, no matter what it is, maybe you're a Dell computer fan, <laughs> there's a passion. Mm-hmm. You know, Apple products is a perfect example. There are people who are dedicated to Apple products. It doesn't matter what they put out, they're going to own it. And it's that same kind of passion, but with writing in our community, with trailers, these are all creative-based, and you really just let your imagination flow, and you get to create what you love to create. Well, it's really an exciting time to, if, if you've just been thinking about writing a book, there's, it's really an exciting time because there's so many avenues to be able to get your work out there, um, to have some validation, to start tapping into all of these, like, trailers and playlists and um, place experience and book boyfriends. I mean, it, it really, to me, it's just exploded. It's almost more than your mind could even imagine if, if, if you haven't tapped into this world. Once you tap into this world, it's like falling down a rabbit hole in uh, Alice in Wonderland. It's like, whoa, you know, it's like the colors are brighter and the people are a little, you know, more animated. Uh-huh. And, <laughs> and uh, um, you're like, wow, we, I didn't have no idea that this all was going on um, in the world that I live in. But I know it's, it's, it's really it is incredible. Yeah, it's it it's a uh, it's an exciting place to be. You know, every now and then I gotta step back out of it because you know if because right around you, like your husband, like you're saying, is living in this real world, and then you might be like on Twitter, on a blog, and all this other stuff is going on, and you're like, wow, I have, I have two worlds colliding right here. My husband has no idea what's going on uh-huh. in my little phone right here. <laughs> yeah, no, <laughs> it is a- funny. We've had our worlds collide a couple times because of the industry he works in, and what I'm doing is he doesn't – they don't do books, but there's publishing involved with his. He does video games. And the way it works is actually so similar that it's it's shocking sometimes. And we're like, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. And we, talk, we can talk about it. And he's experienced that or I've experienced that or I'll show him how to do something. And he's like, oh, yeah, I can do this. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. And even like what you were saying, like with the fandoms, um, He's had a fanfic written about some of his video games, um, and I, my mind was blown. <laughs> I was like, mm-hmm. what? And that's mm-hmm. what I didn't, I just didn't know, like, I didn't know there was this whole world. So it's really what anyone's passionate about, you can write about, or you can create a trailer, or cookies, or whatever you want to create for it. You can participate with your own enthusiasm and put your mark on something. So it's 
it's exciting. That is true. You know, I didn't even think about those two things. But it's the same thing, my, my cousin has a company here in Seattle called Privateer Press, and they do gaming. And he's at Comic-Con every year. And, and sure. this, this past year he invited me to, they did a thing kind of in Seattle, like Comic-Con. And it was, it blew my mind, the people who came out for this game and video games that the company does. And, and people were lined up like, like camping out, like like Bruce Springsteen was going to be giving away free kisses or something. I mean, it was just crazy. And I'm like, where, where did all of this come from? But, yeah, people, you know, you find something you're passionate about, and, yeah. and you're right, you know. I, there, there's, there's fandoms and there's there's something for everyone, and and uh, it, it is kind of like two worlds colliding. I'd say it, it is, it, like, we like thing. music, both of us, you know, me and you mm-hmm. both talk about music mm-hmm. a lot, and um, we have South by Southwest starting this weekend, mm-hmm. I mean, the interactive part started this week, but we have the film and the music festival starting next week, and that's an amazing time in Austin, because you just have so much going on, and it's complete chaos downtown, and I love it, I love being in it. Because all these people flew from all over the world just to, like, see these, you know, movies on the film festival mm-hmm. circuit or to come listen to certain bands or to discover new bands, which is how South by Southwest kind of started. And it's just an incredible thing. Uh, Grumpy Cat, I, I don't know if you know Grumpy Cat, but he was at mm-hmm. South by Southwest last year, and he was, like, an exhibit. Like, you could come visit and get your picture with Grumpy Cat. And we went down, we just happened to be down there, and I was like, oh, my gosh, Grumpy Cat. <laughs> and <laughs> the line was over two hours long just to get your wow. picture with Grumpy Cat. And it just oh amazed me. Like, this is what I mean. When people find something they're really enthusiastic about, I mean – you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. you get two-hour lines. <laughs> so, well, that, yeah. Yeah. that well, people in Seattle are, we're sending a lot of musicians down to South by Southwest. We did that, you know, yeah. every year, and they're already talking about it this year and who's all going, and everyone's excited mm-hmm. about heading down there. And, and uh, there's, I don't know, there's, it's, there's such a creative spark going on probably internationally that everybody's feeling is probably because all of these avenues are are open and all these doors uh-huh, that I agree. look like they were locked are, are unlocked and and people are creative i think you know they love music and they love film and they love books and, and they love to express themselves and and i don't yeah there's just not a, a better time you know all of these doors that look like mirrors in the past are our physical doors that are that are opening for people at, at record record numbers i agree it's and if you have something you're passionate about this is the time to really um look into it because there's just more opportunity than there was before and obviously the internet and uh business i mean you can create your without leaving your home <laughs> and Mm-hmm. You know, it just depends on how you want to do it, and you don't necessarily have to spend a lot of money doing it. You just have to find the best way to do it, and or the most creative way to do it. So it is, it's, it's an incredible time for creativity, and I think that's mm-hmm. what we were lacking. Even like ten years ago, the the industries from music to books, um, movies, everything was such, you know, it's so hard to get your foot in any door. And now they kind of just went around that door. You know, <laughs> so mm-hmm. we don't have to mm-hmm. wait at this door anymore. We can just create our own thing and 
there's pros and there's cons. I'm not saying it's all, you know, perfect, but it's there are going to be growing pains. But it is incredible to be a part of something that's kind of grassroots over the last even year, year and a half, to see the changes from when I first published to um, right now. It's changed so much, and the attitudes have even changed. Like a reader's expectations, like everything's changed. Like I said, pros and cons. But I just right now, I really like what I'm seeing, and I like the opportunities we have to be able to create what we want and put it out there if if we want. Well, and it's never too late either, because I I just read the other day that Laura Ingalls Wilder was. 70 or 65, 65 years old when she wrote Little House in the Big Woods, her first book. 65 years old. What if she would have thought that she was too old at 65? We would have never got that series, you know, the whole Little House on the Prairie yeah, series. Yeah. So it's never too late to, to start. No, and I think you should not be hindered by expectations of others. And I do, I, I said this on your last show a lot, is I absolutely believe you should write what you want to read and what you want to write about. I don't think you should um, – some people have found great success writing for the market and what they think readers want. I just think a story is amazing to you if you're writing something that you feel great about. And that mm-hmm. means writing from your heart and writing, as I told you, writing the story that you would like to read and that you care about. And I think that's the book I always want to hold up, you know, as my book and put my name on as a book that I, it doesn't mean it's going to be perfect and the characters won't be flawed. Um, It just means it's a book that I enjoy and that says a lot. It's something I can be proud of and that's what everybody should be doing. It's something they, they can be proud of. Well, aspiring writers are always asking published writers for advice, and and you're right that the number one piece of advice they always give, and I mean I will, you know, but stand behind this. That this is the number one thing. It's right for yourself. That's what they always say, and it's three little words, but it's really spot on, and it just goes back to exactly what you were just saying. You know, there's so much outside influence on everything that. Um, if you're if you're doing it for yourself, I think that just kind of closes off those walls a bit and lets you just live in that happy bubble and enjoy that process. Because most people go to a job that I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people go to a job that they don't enjoy from eight to five each day. So if you're then creating something and you're trying to figure out what other people want, you're you're just kind of repeating that same day you just had mm-hmm. instead of going into that happy place of where you get to live with those characters and you feel passionate about it. And that's where it flows. When you're feeling the passion, when you're feeling the characters, it's just going to flow for you. And that's, I think, one of the great things that's come out about the indie world is that you don't have to self-censor yourself anymore. If if you feel like the character Mm -hmm. needs to go to a certain place, you can go there with that character. You don't have to worry about, oh, the publisher's not going to like that or, you know, everyone's not ready for that. And um, and it has, you know, it's been proven 
obviously a hundred million times over with Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, mm-hmm. if, if you know, a lot of times people might that oh, you know, nobody's ready for that stuff, you know, but they were, <laughs> and it was because she didn't have to self. Um, censor herself when she was writing. Yeah. She was just writing what she was thinking, and I think that's a good um, example for everybody. Let, let your characters go where you feel like they need to go in in your story. I think she I think she captured something that ever a lot of people were wanting, but weren't getting, but didn't know they wanted it at the time mm-hmm. <laughs> until they mm-hmm. got it, and then they went. What took you all her life, you know? So then suddenly they're mm-hmm. like, wow. Talk about your, you know, the colors are brighter. It's like suddenly everything's in technicolor. Like, wow, I didn't even know I liked this, but now I need more of it, you know? And I think that's what she gave is readers where they were craving, you know, the next mm-hmm. book and um, mm-hmm. to live more with these characters because they they just, other books had stifled. They would fade to black or they would go this and you know, not that hers necessarily go there all the time, but it just allowed you to go, you know what, I like this. I can, I enjoy it. And so I think it just opened the eyes of a lot of readers, and it did me too. I loved it. I was addicted. <laughs> well, you know what, that, that I, I just wrote this down. In fact, I'm going to, I want to invite you and, and, and Daisy back on. I want to do a show about mm-hmm. women's sexuality because uh-huh. the, I, I think that that's really important because I, I, I really believe that women kind of have struggled with um, good girl versus bad girl. If I do that, I'm a bad girl. You know, but, yeah. but women obviously are ready for a little more adventurous sex. You know, it doesn't mean that you're mm-hmm. a hooker. It doesn't mean that you're yeah. bad, anything like that. And so I, I think these books are really tapping into that, which is a whole other subject. But if, if, if you would consider that, I'd like to talk to Daisy too, but I, I think we could really explore that topic of, of empowering women sexually. Whenever I've been interviewed, a lot of times people will uh, interview me about Fifty Shades of Grey because they know that I was a little, you know, crazy in that for until <laughs> yeah. I went through the Fifty uh-huh. Shades detox program. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, I, I, I always come back to the, 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 the point that women always struggle between saint and sinner sexually or good girl, bad girl, or, you know, Madonna versus, you know, hooker or something like that. And, and, and men don't have to do that, you know. Um, men don't have to justify women. their wants or anything else. Um, right. Right. Yeah, it's just acceptable with that. No, that would be a that would be a fun show to do. Um, and I know Daisy would be totally up for it. I'll just answer for her. Daisy, I know you're listening. You're in. You're doing this. Um, and I need to ask you about that Fifty Shades Detox. Is that at a Scala in Seattle? Because I might need to check myself. <laughs> well, it was until you know I have friends who live in a Scala, and I, I don't say that very often because. Um, I, I people start trolling my tweets to see if I, you know, so they can find them and they've been <laughs> right. contacted and different things. So I, I, I do try to protect them. So um, when they, but they have, have had me over and they, you know, take my picture all over Scala with my books and they, you know, and, and, and now I just go and it, it's, it's just a, a normal place, but every now and then it, it, yeah. it will come up and that type of thing. But um, I really have tried to go back to a, a, a balance in, in my life between my love for Kristen and Anna and, uh, and, you know, real life. So I, I, I try to come out of the rabbit hole as, as much as I can. And really, I, I can tell you the biggest key in the Fifty Shades Detox um, program 
is reading other books. That's really the main <laughs> that key. That is true because there you kept mentioning earlier book boyfriends, and that term alone, that's kind of developed over the last like year, year and a half as book boyfriends, and we all have book boyfriends. It doesn't mean we don't love our husbands and we don't have happy marriages or happy families, but we have little book boyfriends where we like to spend time with them and read about them. <laughs> and mm-hmm. uh you know, but the girls are the interesting part, and that's what, like, what you were talking about with the show. Then the other one is the sexuality, because girls are interesting women in books, and women reading those books, their responses to them are interesting, varied on what they do, um, sexually in it or not do or mm-hmm. wager mm-hmm. or whatever they do in there. Mm-hmm. You know, and so. It's a fascinating topic. The the men are a lot easier because we have our own expectations in real life, as I call it. I call it my real life, and, you know, I don't call it my fake life, but I guess it's my real life. It's just my different version of my life, the other side. So it's a a fascinating topic where it goes, and book boyfriends, you know, we all like to spend time with our book boyfriends. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Well, there is a reason that... that partners um, give alcohol to their other partner, loosen them up a little bit, you know, and mostly <laughs> the recipients of that alcohol is women. So, yeah. um, and if we can just let our inhibitions go a little bit, um, then, and, and, and we do that, we're willing to do that totally sober in, in reading, but then applying that to real life, because we all love our, our, our partners, our husbands, mm-hmm. our boyfriends, or, you know, wh- whoever we're with. Um, and we want a loving relationship. That's why we're, you know, reading these books, and, and most everybody does. But applying those two things, you know, so women are reading the books, and it's just getting them to take that little step. I mean, they're proving it over and over and over again by, by reading, 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 and, and talking about it. I mean, let me tell you, they're very open on Twitter. And... Um, <laughs> And it's it's just really been amazing um, to me to see the freedom in sexual expression uh, coming. It's come a long way in the last few years because of books. Absolutely. And not we're going to do that. We're we're going to do a show on that. Not necessarily because of movies. I think it's books because movies have been doing it for a long time, and you aren't seeing the same change. I think it's books. Yes, we have to do that show. That'll be fun. Yeah. No, you're 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 right on with that, and and we're going to do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna be thinking about that later in the day. All right, well that's that's our show. That was I had a really great time, and I think we got a lot of great information out there. We got uh, some story ideas for for new shows that we're going to follow up on, and <laughs> yeah. um, <laughs> and hopefully people so will. Especially if you're in the Fifty Shades Detox program like I am, <laughs> the best way to, to cure yourself of that is to read all these fantastic other books. And I am so grateful because I wasn't a reader before. I'm one of those people who didn't read before Fifty Shades of Grey. I read Fifty Shades of Grey. I read it, read it, read it, read it, read it like uh, really like 50 times. That's when I knew I had a problem. <laughs> and then I, I started getting introduced. I, you know, I got introduced to Daisy Prescott. I got introduced to S.L. Scott. I got introduced to Ruth Clampett. I got introduced introduced to Michelle Layton, to Deborah Anastasia. And it was really uh-huh. it it was it was really freeing. And I'm so grateful because I would probably just would have been a complete mess if if I didn't have that. And and my experience was just as pleasurable, if not more so, 
reading all these different authors and enjoying those experiences. Because like I said, now I've had place experiences. I've had um, musical experiences. It, it's added a whole new dimension to my life that I'm, I'm absolutely grateful for because I, I wasn't a reader and there was a fantastic outlet by, by authors, women authors, especially for, for me to continue that, that love that I had, I had tapped into. Um, I agree. <laughs> I agree with everything you said. I really do. I <laughs> love reading. I don't get to do it as much as I want because if I'm reading, I'm generally not writing because I do get addicted to a book and I'm like, I have to finish it right now. <laughs> like so, everything right. gets put on hold. So I don't get to do it as much as I want. But the benefit that the, of the position I'm in is I have so many great friends who read mm-hmm. so many books that I get to read the top recs. <laughs> so I, the recommendations, mm-hmm. I don't have to uh, <laughs> kind of sort through things. So I'm always in love with every book I read. So I have lots of book boyfriends. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> I'm surrounded by a lot of great authors. So it's, it's a great world. And thank you so much for having me on. It was, it was fun. Oh, no problem. And people can find out more at slscottauthor.com, and we have that up on our website as well. And, Susie, thank you again for coming on. Hold on the line, and I'm going to talk to you real quick. And, okay. uh, uh, and we're going to play Jessica Lynn Calling Me Home. This is by a local Seattle artist. She uh, has won a lot of competitions, was recently called down for The Voice. She's part of The uh, the Voice on N- NBC. She's part of the 5252 Project here at London Tone Music. And again, we just want to thank S.L. Scott, Susie Scott, for coming on and spending all of this time with us and giving some fantastic information, her and her literary agent, and that's just really invaluable. And if you are thinking about writing a book, no, there's there's no time like the present. Thanks for joining us. This is Jessica Lynn calling me home.
But I 